From Blackfoot to Teton, we've got your District 6 breakdown right here on the East Idaho PrepCast with Lance Taylor. That's right. It is another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. You can get the audio version of this podcast uh, at IdahoSports.com or wherever you download your podcasts. Also, the video version if you want to see Lance repping some of that pure adrenaline uh, motorsports gear. You can check it out on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel as well as our Facebook page. The East Idaho PrepCast is brought to you by Pure Adrenaline Motorsports, your source for pulse-pounding adrenaline sports apparel and accessories that ensure you have what you need to unleash your inner beast. Lance, what's going on? How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. And you? Yeah, I can't complain. I took in a stranger uh, last night, but otherwise, no, I'm just joking. That's our boss, Paul Kingsbury. We're, we're kidding. No, we're he's, getting... a stranger. he's a stranger. You can, you, you, you can say it. Just call it how it is. Right. He made a house call. It's never good when the boss makes a house call. That's, That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> No, all joking aside, uh, Paul is here today because we're going to broadcast the Bob Conley Invitational uh, Cross Country Meet in Pocatello. So, yeah, uh, I have a, I have a child running of that today. Oh no way! Very cool. I, I will not be there, but I do have a child running that. <laughs> well, Lance, you're in luck because IdahoSports.com is going to provide live streaming coverage of all four varsity races today from the Portniff Wellness Complex in Pocatello. The Varsity B girls will start at 1. That'll be followed by the Varsity A girls and then the Varsity B boys and the, and the Varsity A boys. So all yeah. four varsity heats live on IdahoSports.com. doesn't cost you a dime either, so it's a pretty good deal. Good. Good deal. And we got, I mean, real quick, uh, let's just talk about, I mean, there are so many good runners in East Idaho. I mean, Neela Roberts, the the sophomore from Skyline, phenomenal. Olivia Johnson yeah. from Bonneville is the defending uh, girls champion in this event. Yeah. On the boys' side, Salmon has, you know, Danny Simmons, younger brother of Jonathan Simmons. He's yeah. outstanding. Jonathan's been, Jonathan's been helping them coach. He's now headed on an LDS mission, but Jonathan's actually been helping them coach while he's been waiting to leave. Yes, and that's been uh, a, a nice bonus for the Savages cross-country team. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, there's so many talented runners, and it's going to be really fun to see all of them on display. There's a couple of teams coming over from the Magic Valley, but for the most part, this is going to be an, an Eastern Idaho event today. Yeah, so. yeah, there's a lot of athletes from Eastern Idaho that go to college on on cross-country scholarships. Uh, and it, it, it's just been, it's been a very good fall sport here. Uh, of course, it gets nippy this time of year. They've still got, uh, you know, districts and states coming up as well, but this Bob Conley Invitational is going to be very good. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, I misspoke earlier, the, the girls varsity, the first varsity race is at one twenty today. So we'll be on it, uh, around one fifteen with live coverage on idahosports.com, but perfect. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, let's let's talk about football, Lance. The the big game last week, not in terms of the score or anything, but because of uh, the chatter around it, was that Idaho Falls rugby matchup. Right, you had uh, two five A teams that were both ranked in the polls. Both teams were five and zero, oh, undefeated in conference play. Rigby left little doubt that they are still the team to beat with a forty two to nineteen win, pretty convincingly. But there was a lot of stuff that happened late in the game that unfortunately took away from what was a really good performance from Rigby. So, uh, and, and the Greg Woods at the, the Post Register did a nice job of kind of recapping all of this stuff in, in a nice write up on Saturday. But basically, what happened, Lance, was at, at the end of the game or really into the fourth quarter, Rigby up big started to sub in some of their backup players, whereas Idaho Falls kept their starters in, which isn't a huge deal. 
<clears throat> but then late in the game with about, you know, minute and a half to go, Rigby with their backups have the ball on offense and, and, you know, depending on which coach you talk to, some coaches will just run the ball to try to run out the clock. Sure, some coaches sure. will say, hey, it's my backups, and I want to see my backup quarterback complete some passes. So Rigby was out there throwing the ball. I I'm in that camp, by the way. The second camp? Yeah, yeah, I'm in the second camp, by the way. How can you stick your your bench players in and expect them not to perform at the level that you would expect them to perform at? If there was an injury taken sometime during the season, they have to step up into that position. You know, I want a quarterback that's thrown some passes in game time. Yes. Should he should an injury happen and he have to step up? Yes, and I, I completely agree. If it's the backup offense in, it's fair game. They can run, they can pass, whatever they need to do to get those reps. Sure. Now, if it's your starters, I'm expecting you to run the ball and just finish the game off. Sure, absolutely. That's and where that's I'm at with it. Yep, yep. Yep. So so Idaho Falls inter intercepts a pass from Rigby and gets the ball back with a minute to go. And Idaho Falls still has their starters in on offense. Rigby has their backups in on defense. Well, Idaho Falls now all of a sudden is passing the ball, trying to get one last touchdown. And they're, they're calling their timeouts, which really didn't sit well with Rigby. So on the final play of the game, after Idaho Falls used its final timeout, Rigby put all of its starters back in on defense, uh, blitzed quarterback Skyler Olsen and he he got leveled he got absolutely clobbered as he unleashed a pass and uh, it ended up being a touchdown with no time left for Idaho Falls but they waved off the extra point because there was so much chirping and, and going back and forth on that play from players on both sides officials had to kind of step in de-escalate the situation they said the game's over we've had enough of this so uh, there's a lot of interest and then in the post-game comments in in the post-register article, you know, Idaho Falls head coach Marty Duffin says, hey, I'm just trying to compete with my team. And, you know, Armando Gonzalez, the head coach of Rigby, basically said, who does that? Who uses their timeouts with a minute left in a one-sided game? And um, he said, "You can." here's the actual quote. Who does that? You can print it. Honestly, who does that? The game is over. At some point, it's like, hey, let's get out of here. You made your statement. If they had just kept going down and hadn't called timeouts, whatever. But you start calling timeouts, I'm sorry. I'm not going to allow it to happen here, not here at home. So, and, Well, and, and the thing is, I can understand, Brandon, where both coaches are coming from. But let me tell you a scenario here that you know, I think you got to think about. Let's talk about these two teams, for example. We know what Rigby was coming into this season. We know how good they are. Uh, they're, the, they're the team that, that I feel is the odds-on favorite to win the state championship. I know that, that some of the sports writers disagree with me. They're thinking Rocky Mountain, you know, things like that. But you look at Rigby and you look what they are. Well, we have an Idaho Falls team that stepped up and surprised everybody this year. They weren't on your radar. They weren't on my radar. Everybody uh, has looked at this Rigby team, or pardon me, this Idaho Falls team starting out 5-0 and and was surprised. Now, the final score of this game was roughly about the where I figured it would be. I figured Rigby was the better team of these two. However, I still believe that Idaho Falls is a team that can go a little ways into the playoffs. I think they've proven that this year, that they're a good enough team to do that. I think from an Idaho Falls perspective, you're looking and saying, hey, listen, we've kind of got clobbered in this game. However, there is a chance we could play this Rigby team again in the state playoffs. There is a potential chance. And if that's the case, we want to still keep working to see if we can find something that's going to work against this team as we move on and do that. Now, I also understand from Rigby's standpoint saying, listen, we've put our, our bench in, do the same. <laughs> we've run the white flag up for you. <laughs> so, so, you know, you, you, you do the same, show us the same respect. So it's not that I don't understand both sides, 
but I certainly do understand the Idaho Falls side of this as well. Yeah, it's unfortunate because all this stuff took That's away from what was a, a nice performance by Rigby. And and I guess here's where I'm at with it, Lance. Idaho Falls wants to continue to work on stuff. What really, what kind of look are you getting when your varsity offense is going against JV players, basically? I mean, yeah, however, however, on that, those backup players for Rigby are as good of a lot of starting 11 that, are, that Idaho Falls is going to face from other schools. Right as well. So, 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 I mean, I still think there's some benefit there. Um, it, it, it is, it's a no win situation. I mean, really <laughs> it's tough. And, and here's, so I, I think this is the situation where honestly, I think both coaches are in the wrong, if that makes sense. I don't think either one handled this situation particularly well. Rigby sure. had a chance to, to, to be the bigger team and say, you want to do that. You want to call timeouts with a minute to go. That's going to reflect poorly on you. And they could have walked away. Now, I understand yeah. you the pride in defending the home turf, and there was a lot of smack talk going on in this game. Tiger Adolfo was getting a lot of smack talk thrown his way by Idaho Falls players. But but to me, this was Rigby's opportunity to just let the scoreboard do the talking. You don't yeah. you didn't have to do anything. But yeah. Well, I think that's part of the mentality. And I'm not saying this is a bad thing about Rigby, but what I'm saying is is you know, when you build a winning program, you carry that winning chip on your shoulder as well. <laughs> you know, and you tend to be a team that has that confidence and and uh, and you want to back that confidence up. You know, I, I'm just one that feels this way. Each team, even in a blowout, and we'll talk about a blowout game here in just a minute as well, a different blowout game. But each team is re responsible to put their own product on the field. It's not my responsibility as the better team to take it easy on those guys. Right. That's not my responsibility. You know, I do remember uh, Coach Carroll when he was at USC saying, hey, listen, what I do is I tell these other schools, when I know I'm going to blow them out. Listen, through the first three quarters, I'm absolutely going lights out the entire time. Then in the fourth quarter, if we're way up, maybe I'll put in some backups and stuff. But it's the opposing team's job to put a product on the field. Uh, you put it on the field, there are some respect factors and things like that. But I'm one that always says, let's just play the whole game. We got people up there that have paid a ticket price. Let's just play the whole game and let the game come out as it may. Everybody play as hard as you can for four quarters, and then we go from there. That's the way the game is written. The game, the game is not written to be played half effort. Right. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a tricky situation, and, it and it's it's a shame that the game wasn't more competitive. All that's going to do, honestly, if these teams did meet again in the playoffs. You talk about motivating Idaho Falls, but guess what? It's it's going to motivate Rigby too. Absolutely, because they've got a winning attitude right now. Yeah. Rigby might might win by fifty if they met yeah. again because they're you that never know. Or on. maybe Idaho Falls could keep it close. Yeah. Keep it within, uh, you know, a shot in the, somewhere deep in the fourth quarter to win. You never know. It was just a, a wild game. A lot of stuff going on there. So <clears throat> if we move on and look at the other five A game. Highland defeated Thunder Ridge 24 to 14. I was actually pretty impressed with the Titans that they were able to keep it kind of close. They've had a rough year. They're one and four. So um, yeah. it was nice to see Thunder Ridge hang in there and keep it close. If we move yeah. to the high country conference and the 4A level, Lance, the, the biggest story, not just in the conference, but in the entire state for 4A football was Shelly going down to Bonneville 13 to seven. The Russets first loss of the year. I didn't see this coming. Inexcusable. If you're Shelly, because that's a, that's a game that I think if those two teams play a hundred times this year, you know what I would say? 
I would have said that Shelley would win that a hundred times mm. out of that hundred. But <laughs> Bonneville played the better game, and uh, and uh, you know Shelley, you, you you've got to step up for every game, particularly when you're a program that you've come back from being down for a couple of years. Uh, you've come back and and established yourself, and then you go down to Bonneville, and good on Bonneville, you know, for uh, for not just throwing in the towel on their season. You know, that's players that are going out there and playing with pride. Yeah, for Bonneville, that snapped a 16-game losing streak. And for their second-year head coach, Kevin Kempf, I know he's doing a tremendous job building that program back up. The enthusiasm is there. You can see it. And yep. uh, I think Bonneville's ready to turn the corner next year. They're still kind of young. but Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very, they're a very young team. And for Shelly, they lost it on their home field. Yeah. I mean, that's just really inexcusable. Shelly is too good of a team to do what they did last Friday. Well, and now we talked about that was going to be kind of the last layup for Shelly. And now maybe this loss is a good thing, Lance, in terms of it's got gotten them refocused. It's gotten them to realize, hey, we can't just walk out onto the field and, and win. We have to earn it because now it's yeah. their toughest stretch of the season, right? Pocatello, Blackfoot, Skyline over these final three weeks. Yeah. And, and in fact, you know, as you and I talked about Shelly, we talked about him most likely being, you know, six and oh at, at this point of the season. And then. You know, they played because they had Hillcrest last week. I mean, the, the week before they had Bonneville this last week. But the problem was this. Hillcrest gave them a run. Yeah. Hillcrest, and that was only a 19-21 to 21 game. And I kind of looked at that and thought, did Shelley just kind of lighten up a little bit? What's going on? Are they dealing with injuries? Is it a schematic uh, issue? But, uh, uh, but then Bonneville stepping up and beating them next week. So Shelley, Shelley's got a, a tough task ahead of them. They've got a very because now they've got the toughest part of their season and they're going into it coming off of a loss against a team that had lost in the teens straight. Yep. So they'll host Pocatello this Friday. Uh, Pocatello is a team that, uh, as of last week, still didn't have their starting quarterback, Ryan Payne. That could change. We'll have to wait and see. But either way, Pocatello has proven that they are a very tough opponent. So yeah. the other the other 4A High Country Conference games, uh, you had Blackfoot shutting out Hillcrest 24-0, and then Skyline played up. They played Madison and won 38-14. Here's what's fascinating, Lance. When you look at the max preps ratings for 4A football mm -hmm. right now, the top team in 4A is Skyline. Yeah, I saw that in the max preps ratings. I'm I uh, the first part of the season, I agreed with that. I do not agree with it now at this part of the season. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I I've seen them enough to to feel that there are some gaps there that they still need to plug in order to uh, to change that. In my mind, I think they're a very good team, and I think they're a team that has the potential to go on and repeat as state champions. But I don't think they're there yet. And here's what's the in, is interesting about this is that Skyline has the top max preps rating, but they may not win the conference, right? They lost to Blackfoot. That's Blackfoot. right. And Blackfoot goes down a lot, lost to Preston. I figured Blackfoot would step up and do what they did this last weekend, uh, coming off that loss to Preston that that certainly shocked me, and, and I think shocked most. Um, but uh, yeah, Blackfoot did what they needed to do. Yeah, so I mean, you're talking about Skyline maybe having the best max preps rating going into state and automatically relegated to the number six overall seed because they did not win their conference. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that as we get into the stretch drive. Okay, you mentioned Preston. They were at Sugar Salem uh, on IdahoSports.com Friday night. Uh, kind of a low-scoring game, but the Diggers uh, dug it out, pardon the pun, 24-14. to 14. Yeah, they did. And this Sugar team is starting to come around now. Uh 
I've had some good talks with uh, Coach Tyler Richens there. I was on PA for that game. Uh, Lauren was on play-by-play -play, uh, for Idaho Sports for that, and and uh, you know we had a chance to talk about it as well. And and uh, uh, Sugar was shutting him out at halftime. It was seventeen nothing a half. And, uh, and, and, uh, you know, this was a, this was a Preston team that I figured, uh, would probably come in and win that game. Uh, but sugar, sugar's coming around and now you're starting to see why they are your three-time defending state champions. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, some, some key guys were banged up, uh, during that losing, that uncharacteristic losing streak at the start of the year. And so, yeah, yeah Ryan Harris was back this game. This was his first game back, but he didn't play any running back. Uh, that was still uh, kept to Carson Harris, who's his brother, and Wyatt Harris. No, not a sibling or anything. I don't even think it's a close relationship. But uh, those two still carried the ball and did an excellent job. But those are two kids that had to learn how to play at the varsity level. Uh, Ryan Harris already knew that. But Ryan on defense made some massive plays during that game, particularly yeah. behind the line of scrimmage. And he he is such a good downhill attacker on defense. Oh, wow. he's He is it, – it, it, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. He plays a beautiful game of football. Yeah, I, I guess I can't disagree with that. I think he is more valuable to Sugar Salem on defense than he is yeah, on offense. Certainly so. he is. Yeah, yeah, early on in the season, um, it was kind of both. Because, again, you had running backs that were really learning to play the varsity game at that level. And it took him a few games to learn that. Uh, but now that they're there, his biggest value is defensively. Yep, absolutely. And they will play Teton in their conference opener this Friday night. They'll travel up to Driggs. Uh, play that contest. Teton felt the Snake River 46 to 21. Teton one and five. We, we knew they were going to be a younger team this year. The and then the team that can continues to uh confound me, Lance, is South Fremont. They lose to Marsh Valley last week 21 to 20. This is a state semifinal team from a year ago, a team that I had really high expectations for this year. They're, they're sitting at 500 right now. They're three and three. Yeah, well, and you got to remember they started the season out three and oh. Yeah. Uh, they won their first three games. They were ranked, uh, and they desperately – in fact, both these teams desperately needed a win coming into this game. Marsh Valley had lost to Sugar Salem the week before. South Fremont was coming off of two losses in a row, and this was a back-and-forth game. Uh, while I was PA in the Sugar Preston game, I was keeping up on this game. We were keeping up on the score, and it was back and forth. Each team had the lead, you know, at various times going into the uh, the final of this ball game, and Marsh Valley was able to pull that out. But yeah, South Fremont's got uh, they've they've got to do some you know some turnaround this upcoming week. Uh, obviously, they don't have a conference game this week because there's only three teams in the conference, and Sugar and Teton are matched up. So their next game is uh, Sugar Senior Night. Uh, on the 15th. So they've got to do that. And then they're at Teton uh, to finish off their regular season. But 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 they've got to get some stuff um, switched around a little bit. I do anticipate them being the second place team now in the conference, uh, which would get them into state, I, be I believe. Uh, yeah, would get, get them into state, yes. Um, I couldn't remember. I know it's different depending on the year, but but they, they've got they've got to figure out several things because they beat some good teams too when they were in their win streak. It's not like everything was just a slouch, you know, and so we know they can play. Yeah, they beat Timberlake to start the year off, and I thought, well, right. oh, that's a really that's a signature win. But you're right, Lance. Uh, District six gets two teams into the playoffs, so I don't think South Fremont's in any jeopardy there. But if they don't, if they don't figure things out, they're going to put themselves in a bad position in terms of the bracket and where they're going to have to go play. It sounds like, from what I can tell, you know, reading uh, Coach Hill's comments uh, yeah. to the newspaper, stuff like that, they really seem to struggle with athletic quarterbacks that can get out on yeah. the perimeter and run. And so they're going to yeah. have to figure that out. 
Well, and that sets up an interesting game with Sugar Salem when they play because Sugar Salem does not have a running quarterback. They have a pocket guy. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, that might bode a little bit better for South Fremont. But, you know, South Fremont last year, making it to the semis, you don't want to come in and go one and out this year. You know, a lot of people don't realize that's the farthest they've ever gone in the playoffs. And you're talking a South Fremont team that over the years has placed players, many players in big-time college football programs like Oregon. Of course, Jason Buck came out of there. I was the Outland Trophy winner for Division One Defender, went to Ricks, went to BYU, uh, won a Super Bowl ring with the Washington Redskins as a starter, was a starter for uh, Cincinnati Bengals, losing a Super Bowl uh, to the Niners in that. But but uh, uh, this is a, a, a program that has put out many good players over the years, and they finally made it to the semifinals last year, the farthest they'd ever made it in the state playoffs, and they do not want to go in and go one and out this year. Nope, definitely not. Uh, if we move to the nuclear conference, 2A, I mean, two very lopsided games. Firth shuts out Ryrie, 75-0. North Fremont shuts out Salmon, 64-0. Can we just speed this up and get to where they play each other? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 let's do that. Because that was the blowout game I was going to talk about. A lot of people said, are they running the score up? I'm sorry. It's every team's job to put a product on the field. If they don't put a product on the field... Uh, that's good enough. I'm not going to tell my guys to play light. That's when they get injured. We don't practice half. We practice full. And I've got to put my players out there and they've got to play full or that's when injuries start kicking in. Yep, absolutely. Uh, it sets up. I mean, Ryrie and, and West Jefferson will play in conference play. Firth will take on Salmon. North Fremont, I think, has the most interesting game and it's a non-conference game as they host Aberdeen from district five this is an aberdeen team that's three and two and and it wants to take that next step from playoff qualifier to playoff contender and uh they're they're probably the second best team in district five right now behind west side so this is going to be an interesting matchup and it's going to be on idahosports.com friday night at seven o'clock yeah i actually have the call on that game so i'll be doing play-by-play for that Uh, i'm excited to do that it it seems like every other year when aberdeen comes to north fremont i have that game they've had some good games in the past fact last time i was out there a jv player got out there during the jv game jv player broke his leg and the ambulance was out on the field for over an hour so they actually didn't even play the second half of that game uh and um, anyway and the varsity game ended up being, being good as well i expect north fremont to win this game however having said that Aberdeen is a good enough team that if North Fremont plays like they've played a couple times this year, uh, there there could be some issues with that. There could be some definite issues with that because North Fremont at five and zero, their five and zero is different than Westside's five and zero, and it's really different than Firth's four and one. That one lost being to Westside in a twenty six to twenty game. Yep, I completely agree with that. So. Uh, if we look at the rest of the IdahoSports.com broadcast schedule for this Friday, we've got a couple of really good 5A matchups on tap. Uh, I'm going to be in Rigby as Blackfoot travels to Rigby to play the Trojans. I think that'll be an interesting a non-conference battle. I think it'll tell me more about Blackfoot than it does about Rigby. But Yeah. And then uh, we also have the Emotion Bowl from yep. Ravston Stadium, Skyline against Idaho Falls. Uh, that will also be on IdahoSports.com at 7 o'clock Friday night. How does Idaho Falls respond now after their first loss of the season? Well, and now Skyline is back in the winning column. You know, they're only 3-3, three and three, but they just picked up a win. They picked it up over a 5A Madison team that is, has shown improvement this year. Uh, and so this, I think, 
going into this game is the most interesting look we've had at the Emotion Bowl in the last number of years. Yes. Both teams come in pretty even, Steven, as far as I can tell. So yeah. I think I think it's going to be a fantastic matchup. So three East Idaho game nights for you on Friday night. We have Aberdeen at North Fremont, Blackfoot at Rigby, and Idaho Falls versus Skyline in the Emotion Bowl. All of those games kick off at 7 o'clock Friday night. And if you want to see the entire schedule of games that we are broadcasting, all you have to do is click on the Game Streams tab on the homepage at idahosports.com uh, because we've got good games going on statewide this week. Well, and I also, I'll, uh, I'll tell you a game that I think is going to be very interesting. Pocatello and Shelly at Shelly. Shelly coming off of that loss and uh, Pocatello coming off of another, of another good win. Uh, uh, a Pocatello team that I felt, no, they're not top, but they're, they're a team that could go a little ways into the playoffs this year. Yep. And if they get hot at the right time and maybe figure a couple other things out, maybe deeper than most people think. And that could be an interesting game. That's a, that's one that people are going to want to uh, really keep track of what's going on in that game. Uh, and to you, me, that behind the Idaho Falls skyline game is the most intriguing game this week in, in uh, District 6. Absolutely. And you can track how that game is going by going to the Friday Night Flash on IdahoSports.com, where we will be updating scores across the state in real time Friday night as uh, it's a good way to kind of scoreboard watch. Uh, I don't know about you, Lance, but when I'm broadcasting, I always take a peek at halftime and try to give some score updates on the air. Yep, yep. And, of course, you know, we always have that up when we're broadcasting games. Right. We always have it up so we can update people on different scores that are going on, you know, around and so forth. So, yep. uh, you know, especially this time of year where people are getting into conference play, those conference standings make a difference going into state. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's important. Keep up on that. Absolutely. Let's wrap up with uh, some soccer talk because we're getting into uh, the end of the season here and district tournament play is going to start in district six uh, at the end of this week and, and then on into next week as well. So just taking the temperature of who's looking good on the boys side for 5A, Madison and Thunder Ridge are the top two teams there. Madison is playing extremely well uh, at the 4A ranks. Hillcrest went undefeated in the league, you know, only finished with uh, two ties. Skyline was right behind them. So it's going to be fun to see those two duke it out. Yeah. And then at the 3A level for boys soccer, um, you know, Sugar Salem didn't, uh, you know, didn't uh, win the league, right? We talked about Teton actually That's knocking right. off Sugar. And I think that is going to be fantastic to watch Teton and Sugar duke it out at districts as well. Well, and they actually play, let's see, is today the seventh? Yes. So they uh, do. Yes, they do play. Yeah, yeah they actually first. play today at Teton. Yes. Those that, two. You know, Sugar's 12 and, C, and three on the season. Teton's eight and two. And Teton's always tough in soccer. And then, of course, you, you remember two A teams that have soccer play up in the 3A division. Right. So, you know, you have Firth and South Fremont playing, a, a South Fremont team that probably feels they can pick up a win tonight. Uh, they're only 1-10 on the season, but Firth is 5-7-1. and seven and, one, and so I think South Fremont maybe feels they can pick up a win as well. Yeah. So you're right. There is one more night of regular season action before they start their districts there. Girls soccer, 5A. Is anyone going to beat Highland? Highland is undefeated still, 14-0, 8-0 in the league. And that'll be the big question. Thunder Ridge looks like the team most equipped to maybe pull that off. At the 4A level, Skyline went undefeated in the league. Uh, the, the the Lady Grizz from Skyline High look really, really oh. tough. Bonneville also looks pretty solid. And then 3A, I mean, Sugar Salem, we've talked about how dominant they've been this year. They also uh, look like the team to beat in 3A. 
Yeah, and of course they play Teton tonight as well as the boys and girls travel together on most all games. Yep. Um, uh, to do that, so it's uh, it's getting to that time of the fall that's exciting. You know, uh, we start narrowing things down. You start kind of sifting teams and and uh, you know who has the potential to do what. What's their seating going to be going going into it? This is a really exciting time of the year. You talked about you know the cross country you guys at the Bob Conley Invitational. Uh, you know, what a great time that is. Cross country is probably the most overlooked sport in the fall. And anyone who's ever been to a cross country event, especially a big one like Tiger Grizzly, you know, that we did and that we covered and so forth. It is fun. It is fun. And you'll see that today. Are you going to be at that today, Brandon? You yes. and Paul Schoenberg? Yep. I don't know if you've been. Did you go to Tiger Grizzly? Yes. So we were there broadcasting that. Yep. It's very exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. Cross country brings some excitement that a lot of people don't realize. Uh, until they go to an event and say, hey, this is actually pretty cool. <laughs> I, so, I I love the strategy that's involved in it. You know, teams when running in packs and, yes. you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Again, yep, yep. it's a lot of fun. Very overlooked. Yes, the Bob Conley invite Thursday starting at 120 or uh, really 115 on idahosports.com. All right, Lance, have a, have a good time at the North Fremont Aberdeen game Friday night. We'll be back here next week to break it all down. Thanks for tuning into the East Idaho PrepCast, brought to you by Pure Adrenaline Motorsports, your source for pulse-pounding adrenaline sports apparel and accessories that ensure you have what you need to unleash your inner beast. For Lance Taylor, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you next time on idahosports.com.